Welcome to Psalm 69. Psalm 69 begins with a deep sinking feeling. Perhaps in no psalm in the whole of the book you will find the sense of sorrow more intense or more profound than in this one. David pours himself out to God unrestrained because of a terrible grief that has come upon him. But may I also say this? Yes, he begins the psalm with a deep sinking feeling, but he also ends it with praise, singing unto God. And if you notice close, you will read of David moving from prayer to praise and from reproach to rejoicing as he pours his heart to the Lord. And so can we, I may say, as we take our sorrows to God, we can move too from prayer to praise and from reproach to rejoicing. And I sincerely pray that the psalm brings to us hope and assurance of our dear Lord in the moments of our deep sorrow and profound grief. May the psalm remind us that no matter how painful our situation may be, we can tell it to God exactly how we feel about it. Verse 1 onwards, David says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mud where there is no standing. I am weary with my crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. Now the imagery that David uses here of deep waters that threaten to drown him highlights the urgency of David's cry for help. For he says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. O Lord, I am in deep predicament. Then he says, I sink in deep mud where there is no standing. The Hebrew word for mud is Yahweh, which refers to the muddy bottom of an empty well. I sink in deep mud where there is no standing. I'm weary with my crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. This means he has been crying for help for so long and that now he is exhausted. And when you read from verses 4 onwards, David goes on to describe the nature of the problem that he is in. He says, People hate me without cause. I haven't done anything wrong to them, Lord. They outnumber my strength. I fear that they would destroy me. Look, my own very brothers have distanced themselves from me. Now, here is the interesting part with this section. Out of David's very own suffering, God the Almighty reveals his very son Jesus through him to us. In short, this is but a messianic psalm. And let's quickly compare few of these verses that makes the psalm a messianic psalm. For example, look at verse 4. David says, Those who hate me, hate me without a cause. In John 15, 25, Jesus tells his disciples, quoting this very psalm, he said, But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. In verse 8, David says, I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children. In John 7, 3-5, we read that Jesus' own brothers rejected him and treated him like a stranger. In verse 9, David writes, Because zeal of your house has eaten me up, and the reproach of those who reproach has fallen on me. Now in John 2 and 17, Apostle John tells us that when Jesus drove the money changers out of the temple courts at the beginning of his ministry, his disciples remembered this very passage from Psalm 69 and 9, how the zeal of the Lord's house had fallen upon Jesus. Verse 21, David writes, They also gave me gall for my food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Now Apostle John quotes this very verse in John 19, 28 and 29, and he says, The scriptures are fulfilled, for on the cross they gave Jesus vinegar to drink. In verse 25, David writes, Let their dwelling place be desolate, let no one live in their tents. 
Now Jesus quotes this exact verse in sadness over Jerusalem in Matthew 23 and 38 and Peter quotes this describing Judas who betrayed the Lord and the need to replace him in Acts chapter 1 and verse 20. Well, did you know that this psalm along with Psalm 22 and Psalm 110 is the most quoted psalm in the New Testament? Yes, this psalm is one of the most quoted psalms in the New Testament along with Psalm 22 and Psalm 110. Now, isn't it fascinating to find Jesus in all of the scriptures, to find Jesus in all of the scriptures? It is Alistair Begg who said, you will find Jesus everywhere in the Bible. In the Old Testament, he is predicted. In the Gospels, he is revealed. In Acts, he is preached. In the Epistles, he is explained. And in Revelation, he is expected. Amazing, isn't it? In the Old Testament, Jesus is predicted. In the Gospels, Jesus is revealed. In Acts, Jesus is preached. In Epistles, Jesus is explained. And in Revelation, Jesus is soon expected. David, in his deep sinking feeling of utter loneliness and abandonment, spoke of Jesus and revealed the very Son of God. And if I may say, one of the purposes of God in allowing us to go through our suffering is this, so that we may in our suffering become more like Jesus Christ. And believe me, that makes all of our suffering worthwhile, doesn't it? That we would become like our Jesus in our suffering. And as you read further down from verse 22 onwards, you will realize that it is not easy to bear reproach. It is not easy to bear reproach because we want to be accepted and approved of others. But as Warren Wiersbe says, in the battle against sin, God's soldiers are often falsely accused and lied about. God's soldiers are often falsely accused and lied about. And here I cannot help but think of Father Stan Swami, the Jesuit priest who gave up his life defending the cause of the Adivasis. God's soldiers are often falsely accused and lied about and when this happens to you and when this happens to us, when people falsely accuse us and lie about us, remember it also happened to David and to Jesus and therefore we are in good company. You are in good company. As said earlier, David begins this psalm with a deep sinking feeling but he closes it with a praise unto God. Well, can we praise God in the light of what happens to us with this no justice that seemed to prevail and suffering all around us? Absolutely yes, I would think. Why? Because God's justice is perfect and unerring and it is He and not the one who is praying to Him who will exact from the wicked a penalty corresponding to the evil they intended for their victims. And this is precisely the reason why so many Psalms rejoice in God's coming judgment. Till then, my dear friends, let us persevere and not give up. Our sinking pain will be transformed into a glorious song. Our sinking pain will be transformed into a glorious song. What an amazing psalm this is. Yes, we may begin our life with the sinking pain, with the feelings of uh, being completely abandoned and forsaken. But I think we have reasons to rejoice in the Lord, for He is the soon and coming King. So let us persevere. Let us not give up. Continue to fight and continue to hold on in the name of our Lord Jesus. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, in my suffering, May I meet Jesus. In my suffering, may his words be upon my lips. In my suffering, may him be glorified. And when I'm falsely accused and lied about, help me to know that I am in good company. Help me, O Lord, to persevere through suffering with my eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of my faith. 
I also pray for all those who are suffering and afflicted wrongly and without a cause. I pray for your presence of peace over their lives. And this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.